So show of hands here, how many have lost their job? Maybe two. Come on. I can see you out there. Raise your hand if you have ever lost your job. Good. <laughs> I knew there were a few of you out there. I too have lost my job a couple times. And, you know, the question I ask you as I reflect on my own experiences, did you have a little bit of a pity party? Have the poor me's feel sorry for yourself? Maybe blame the circumstances? Uh, bad company. Whatever it may be, those all may be true. But, you know, You have to take personal accountability and control over what you could have done to influence the situation. In the end, you can't control those things as much as you would have liked to have thought. But, you know, when I think about developing aspiring C-suite leaders in my course, we talk about first fixing yourself and your mindset and those things that you can control in the way that you come forward into the world. We then talk about understanding the humans that we have to interface with in a part two, understanding what makes them tick. And then finally, we talk about how the interaction between yourself, who you should be able to control, and the other people to get a desired outcome. So think about it. Personal accountability. That is your responsibility as a leader. As an aspiring C-suite executive, you need to take control over what you can before blaming anybody else, because only then when you understand what you did well, what should you start doing, or maybe what you should change to get a better result, only then can you have productive interactions with other people. So my conversation with Mike Chiraca really, really helped to bring that home. He is an amazing speaker, fast talker, so listen very carefully to his words of wisdom. Well, first of all, communication solves all problems and creates all problems. So it comes down to communication. And also I talked about the 100% responsibility. So to the degree you give up responsibility in your life, you give up control. And did you know that you can't get seasick if you're driving a boat? You can't get car sick if you're driving the car. You ever think about that? It's because you're in control. So you got to figure out, okay, how can I be in control? Well, it's to take full responsibility. And if somebody's irking you, you need to look inside and say, what am I doing to cause this? Is there anything I'm doing to cause this or anything I'm doing to affect this? What is my part in this? That's the first thing you do. Once you do that from there, then you need to figure out how to communicate to the person because there are people that not necessarily intentionally are suppressing you or holding you back. So you got to be able to be, okay, well, I need to have a communication with this person. And when I have a communication with this person, I just need to share respectfully how I feel. The fact that I checked myself to see what I'm contributing to this, and maybe they know something that you're contributing to this. And instead of worrying about what they're doing, get their input on what they think you're doing. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, my name is Deb Coviello, founder of Illumination Partners, and I am grateful you've joined us on another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. If you like this episode, and I know you will, please subscribe, rate, 
and review so we can continue to bring great program to you. So today, my amazing guest is Mike Sirocco, and I can't wait to bring the conversation to you. He is the co-founder of Blueprinted, best-selling author of Rocket Fuel, Convert, Setbacks, Become Unstoppable, and the powerhouse behind the What Are You Made Of podcast. He is a performance coach, author, dynamic public speaker, visionary, and thought leader. I'm not going to steal his thunder. I'm going to let him share the rest of his story. Mike, welcome to the show. Deborah, thank you so much. I appreciate you letting me come on here and share. And uh, I always start with gratitude, man. It's an important part of my life. And I want to thank your audience for showing up. All right. Well, you are so aligned with my brand. I start every email with a thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the interaction because, you know, we are so fast-paced in this life. We got a lot of rocket fuel. People are going so fast. We don't take the time to acknowledge the human. But I would love to know more about your personal story and how you've arrived at the work you're doing now to impact so many. Yeah. So uh, really, it goes back a ways. I mean, I grew up in a broken home. I don't remember my parents together, Deborah. I was around a lot of broken people, people that had all kinds of different mental issues and alcoholism, drug addicts, you know, suicide, abuse, and then a lot of conflict between parents, step-parents and things like that. And it would all pour down on us kids. So when I was about eight years old, my mom decided to move on to her third marriage. And I just wasn't really excited about moving into another man's house and learning another man's rules. And I decided to give my dad's house a shot. And when I was doing that, I didn't realize I would break my mom's heart. She said that, you know, she let me go. And later on, she told me that she would cry herself to sleep at night. You know, that bothered me a little bit. I'm like, you know, I, I started realizing that I got to make decisions that can affect other people sometimes too. And I got to pay attention to that. But it also, I think, implanted something in me at that point where too, that I would stop making decisions sometimes because I was worried about other people. And so I look back and really, you know, I want to be self-aware currently, but I also want to look back and see what parts of my life I started to make decisions on that are affecting my progress in the future. So we all have this, like we all have these things in our past where we had an event or something happened where we made a decision and that decision sticks with us. And now everything's shaped around those decisions and they all pile up and eventually it's just a bunch of chaos. So I pay attention to these things. I moved in to my dad's house and for three years from eight to 11, I lived there, but it started out great. But then there was some problems with the parents and my stepmom, you know, she wasn't the nicest, let's put it that way. And I used to see things and hear things that would make me sleep with my baseball bat when I was nine years old. I just didn't feel safe. And going through that, I thought it was an ordinary thing that you know I was supposed to go through. And I found out after going to some friends' houses and seeing how their families were that I wasn't, you know, that's not an ordinary situation and I don't need to live like that. So I shared what was going on with my mom and my mom very quickly said, I'm going to file court papers. You don't have to go into that situation. That's not something that you should be doing. And it's not normal. And she said, but if I do this, you've got to stick to your guns. You know, I'm going to be going to the courts and you can't leave me hanging out to dry. And in life in general, when you believe in something, you have to stick to your guns because people will try to talk you out of things, whether it's to match their own agenda, whether they feel threatened by you, you know, that's just the way life is. So be, be prepared. And from that point, Deborah, I was always a stubborn kid. You know, I was always like, mm, I got to, you know, do it this way because it's the way I believe and it's going to happen. And that got me into trouble sometimes. But uh, long story short, my dad got these court papers, right? And uh, it said I wanted to leave and it was like a bomb dropped in his lap. And I just remember coming home from school one day, my hero, my dad had these papers in his hand and he was my hero because like I knew how hard of a worker he was. He had his own masonry business, laid brick and block and concrete. 
And uh, he's such a hard worker. I just always looked up to him for that. And so when he confronted me, and by the way, he used to carry a wad of hundred dollar bills in his pocket, like Italian guys, you know, they don't carry wallets. They carry money wads with a rubber band around it. Right. So I thought that was cool. He used to flash hundreds at me. Well, when he came back to confront me with these papers, I just had in my mind, stick to your guns, stick to your guns. Cause I had no idea what was about to happen. And he says, it says here, you want to move in with your mom. Now I can't wrap my head around this because she doesn't have any money. She's living paycheck to paycheck and worse. She's got men coming in and out of her house. Why would you want to live in that environment when you have everything you need here? And I said, I'm not discussing this. I'm, I made my mind up. So he says, okay. So he takes that wad of hundred dollar bills out, peeled one off, crumpled it up and threw it at me. I said, here, you're going to leave this down when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. Hmm. And I was about 10 years old at that moment. And I just realized something that came to my mind at that moment was what did I do? Like, what did I just start? Was this the right thing? All this stuff was like, but then I quickly realized that, you know what? I'm not going to need that money. You know, I sold golf balls on a golf course at eight years old for 25 cents and 50 cents a piece to golfers. And I made money. I knew that I could make money by doing something somebody needed. And so I was like, you know, I'm not going to need that money. I'll show you that like that really lit a spark in my life. And for 30 some years, believe it or not, I drove off of that same spark best that I could be at baseball and football and sports and school and work and just everything I could do. I wanted to be the best because I wasn't going to let him win. And so that's a very toxic way to live in a way, because it's really a good motivator. It'll push you. But to me, I started to realize that once I refined my engine and I started doing self-development that, you know what, that's not the fuel you need. That's too low of octane fuel. You know, I, I started to realize that I need some higher octane fuel for my Ferrari engine because I'm not a Ford anymore. No offense to Ford drivers, but I need something higher octane. And that higher octane is the dreams and goals that you're able to see once you develop yourself, the visions that you have, and those are more powerful. So that's a little background, long story short. No, it's very inspiring. And you've provoked like a couple thoughts in my head, because again, this is like unscripted. This was not in the list of questions that I shared with you. But I, I do want to challenge one thing you said, you'd use the word stubborn. And that's the profile and the narrative that society puts on people that have their own mind and stick to their guns. I would like to propose to you, even though that's our story, and I was called pigheaded and stubborn also. That's actually what makes us different than the rest to yeah. be able to rise above being a victim of circumstances. Agree? <laughs> yeah. So as I refined my engine, I started changing that word because stubborn does have a negative connotation. Yeah. But I changed it to inexorable. Ooh. Inexorable is my favorite word. I wake up every morning thinking about this when I don't feel like going, if I don't feel like going as hard as I should, but I just don't have it that day. I'm like, nope, you're inexorable. And that mean, that word means unyielding and unable to be stopped. And so I love that word. I'm going to title my next book, Inexorable. And I might even do a TV show called Inexorable. But this word is just so powerful and it's so different, you know? So. Absolutely. Very, very powerful. Now let's just go back to your backstory and then we're going to move forward and how you help people. You had a challenging childhood. And you know what? I am wondering, you say it's not normal and then you see what it's like in other you know, quote unquote, normal situations, I too had challenges. So I'm wondering what we think is, you know, the green grass and the white picket fence, maybe, you know, generationally, we all have challenging upbringings because our parents are trying to shape us good, bad, or indifferent. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it's the characters we develop to be able to move forward. But I got a quick question. 
you potentially were running away from where you were. You were trying to find your own fuel to move forward. Were you running away from something or are you running towards? Because there is a difference and somebody has talked to me about that. What's greater for you, running away from where you were or running towards the work that you're supposed to do? Well, I think that fits the mold of the analogy that I just used about the having the engine that's not refined yet. And when you're not Mm -hmm. refined, it's better to be running away than not running at all. So you have to do that. That's that lower octane fuel. But once you refine more and you realize and you, you raise your lid, your belief lid that John Maxwell talks about, mm-hmm. you, you raise that and you realize, wait a minute, I'm in control. I'm a believer in God. And, and God puts us a power source inside of us to be the cause of everything. And so I'm the cause. I'm, I'm the source. I can accomplish whatever I want. I just have to go forward and towards it. So then when you realize that, then now you're going forward and towards it and you're running towards something. Okay. So very insightful. I totally get what you want because I used to run away. Now I am running like heck towards a vision for myself, my family, and my business. But I am wondering as you go out and do your talks and you coach and consult and you work with somebody or an organization, what are some of the most typical things that you find are holding people back from having that fuel and that great engine to be able to achieve what they want to? Well, a couple of things, and some of it's controversial, but one particular thing is just a belief lid. You know, I, I mentioned this before, like the decisions that we've made based on experiences that we've had or pain that we've had, or we start getting these decisions in our head, like my stepmom, right? Well, stepmom, evil, mean, abusive. Then I go talk and have a talk conversation with someone and they talk about their stepmom. And I'm like, oh man, really? You have a stepmom too? And I've already made that decision up in my <laughs> mind. So I don't leave that open to wanting to meet his stepmom, my buddy's stepmom. You know, I'm just giving you an example here because I've made decisions and they've stuck with me. So until you clear out those decisions and take the emotion off of those decisions that you've made in your past. And what I'm talking about decisions, I'm like talking like about conclusions you've set for yourself, right? And so that's one thing. And the other thing that holds people back, this is a big one, and this is the controversial part. So when you start talking to people about not doing things bad or sin or things that you wouldn't want anybody to find out about, people start getting defensive about that because then they'll immediately look at you and say, well, you're not doing this right and you're not doing that right. Let me preface this by saying this is 100% responsibility philosophy that we need to take 100% responsibility for ourselves and what we do and what we can accomplish and the things that we shouldn't be doing. And the reason that we shouldn't be doing these things, let me tell you why. Not just is it hurting someone possibly or destructing something or or, uh, being negative. When you do something that you should not be doing, as long as your ethics and morals are in line, subconsciously, you know that. And if you're withholding something from someone that they should know that could harm or hurt them, or you did something that you shouldn't have done, subconsciously, you know that. And having that in your subconscious mind restricts you from being creative, from going all out, from seeing greater things because you're so wrapped up into this cocoon that you've created for yourself. (sighs) So people don't think about this. And until they start to figure out this, they'll be limited. So if people hear this and they get offended by like, well, you shouldn't be telling me what to do right and wrong because I've heard that before. I'm not putting anybody down or anything. I'm just saying, if you want to be unleashed and you want to be unstoppable, you need to clear out your subconscious mind with anything that's holding you back. And so I hope I answered your question there. 
No, and it does. But now you've gotten me into it. I get to ask all the questions. But so, for instance, what if there is something in your environment, perhaps a relationship that really irks you and you feel sometimes controlled by it and you feel part of that emotional release is to confront the person? Should you bother? Should you bother? Because you may impact somebody maybe you care about, but you feel you have a need to unleash because if you can unleash what you believe is holding you back, you'll be able to move forward, but it could have an adverse effect on somebody else. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, communication solves all problems and creates all problems. (laughs) So it comes down to communication. And also I talked about the hundred percent responsibility. So to the degree you give up responsibility in your life, you give up control. And did you know that you can't get seasick if you're driving a boat? You can't get car sick if you're driving the car? Yes. You ever think about that? It's true. It's because you're in control. <gasps> so when you have this, you got you to figure out, okay, how can I be in control? Well, it's to take full responsibility. And if somebody's irking you, you need to look inside and say, what am I doing to cause this? Is there anything I'm doing to cause this or anything I'm doing to affect this? What, am I, what is my part in this? That's the first thing you do. Okay. Once you do that from there, then you need to figure out how to communicate to the person because there are people that will hold you back. There are people that not necessarily intentionally are suppressing you and holding you back. So you got to be able to be, okay, well, I need to have a communication with this person. And when I have a communication with this person, I just need to share respectfully how I feel. The fact that I checked myself to see what I'm contributing to this. And maybe they know something that you're contributing to this and give them the opportunity to share with you, be open to it, radically open-minded. And instead of worrying about what they're doing, get their input on what they think you're doing. And then, you know, you'll find a lot out there, but also you can share with them what your feelings are towards them as far as what you're seeing and say, please don't take this the wrong way. I'm just observing this. I've already checked myself. I've asked you about myself. Let me ask you and go from there. And usually what happens is you'll, you'll notice that that clears a lot of the things up. So that is so important to a business leader or an individual, because again, if you have all of that festering inside, you're never going to fulfill your truest potential. It is a risk. It comes with some courage, but if it's done with empathy and to try to build trust, hopefully it's a win-win. Well, hold on. Let me, let me, let me ask you, what's really the risk? What if you offend the person and the person no longer wants to have a relationship with you? There could potentially be a hurt there. Yeah. So you look at that and you look at mm-hmm. not doing it and which is worse. It builds up inside and you just can't get beyond it. And if the person in you, what I call communicate with the person, what, what I call uh, handling it with the situation and, and handling the situation, bottom line, and if you're open with them and respectful and say that, you know, you think it could be something you may be doing mm-hmm. and ask them their opinion on it and they, they take it the wrong way. That's something that they got to deal with. That's on them. They got to figure out that part out because you're just, you're coming to them and as long as you're respectful and, and yes. open with them. Mm-hmm. And that's some issue they have to figure out. <laughs> Thank you. So I want to switch this to your podcast. You have a very interesting title to your podcast, and I want to dig deeper behind the meeting. It is called, or what you ask, what are you made of? And I think there's something really important there. What's the meaning behind the podcast? Well, I talk to myself, and I don't know if anybody else wants to admit that, but I talk to myself quite a bit, and it's because I want somebody constantly around me thinking the same way I do. <laughs> so I've always talked to myself as a young kid growing up. I asked myself, what are you made of? When I go through tough times, if I want to take things to the next level, I remember all the stuff that I've been through and how I got to here. And I'm like, what are you made of, man? What ingredients have already gone into making? You're fine. You got this. Push harder. And so many times, Deborah, we don't pay attention to 
all the things that we overcame and accomplished to get to where we are, we pay attention to all the limitations. Oh, wow. And so I pay attention to these things instead. And that elevates me. That allows my, my confidence to be higher. That allows everyone around me to elevate. And, you know, I've had some great mentors in my life, by the way. So this isn't all coming from me and my experiences. It's things I've learned from my mentors that explain some of the things that were happening in my past. So I named the show that because I bring people on the show to find out what ingredients have gone into making them. So that, as they say, is the mic drop moment, or at least for me, it's what has gotten to you that's gotten you to this point in time. That's who you are. That's your grit. Those are, those are your superpowers and not worry so much about, well, the things that you haven't yet done because you've done quite a bit to get to this point in time. That is absolutely beautiful. But I want to ask you now another question because you have done so many things. You're in the mortgage industry, podcast host, you speak, you're an author, but you also have a new venture blueprinted. Share more about that one. Yeah. So a wild ride recently over the last year, year and a half, I met a guy named Jared Yellen who founded Sela Labs and Sinduit, which is a marketing done for you platform. Had a lot of success with that. And he became obsolete in that business because his leadership team, he developed it and ran just like any entrepreneur's dream to be obsolete in your business and having it running like a machine. And from that point, he's like, what am I going to do? I got a lot of free time now. And he all of a sudden came up with this vision, uh, moonshot idea of launching the same kind of thing he just did, but 10,000 more times and finding non-tech entrepreneurs that help him to do it. And so I ran into him and heard this moonshot shortly after he had it. And I'm like, I don't know how you're going to do that because that's 84 companies a month launched for 120 months straight, 10 years. I said, but I don't care that I, we don't know how to do it or how it's going to happen. I'm going to commit to you right now. I want to be a part of this. And so one of the first products that we came up with was Blueprinted. And we're both people builders. And what I mean by that is we try to help people elevate and have the life of their dreams. And with that, and being unstoppable to, to going towards that. So Blueprinted is a platform. And you got to be listening to this very carefully because most people will default right to a course platform. This is not a course platform. Digital video courses are not completed 83% of the time by people that buy courses. That's a problem. So I started looking at why is that the case? And I figured out in my life, the thing I was missing, it was the exact steps to achieve something. I would want to do something and commit to it. And I would just go after it, which is better than doing nothing. But I would fumble, cost myself money, mistakes, which a lot of people say, great, you could learn from that. They're learning experiences. And that's true. However, just imagine the money and time you could save, the stress, the confidence, the reputation, your relationships that you could save if somebody told you exactly the granular steps to accomplish something. So what Blueprint is, it's like a marketplace, like an Amazon, right? Marketplace for success blueprints in all different areas, all different businesses and verticals. So somebody can go in and search for a topic and then buy a blueprint to achieve starting a podcast, writing a best-selling book, starting the digital marketing agency, how to qualify my first real estate deal, how to be a better parent. I could go on and on and on. And so then there's going to be a lot of cross-pollination. And uh, a lot of opportunities for people to build businesses around blueprints. And it is basically you buy one of these and they'll say, do this this day, do this this day and follow it. And when you're done and as long as you follow all the steps, you should get similar results. That's blueprinted, B-L-O-O printed. 
I wish you amazing success. But just a quick question there, again, because it sounds amazing. I wish I had a blueprint for getting myself started in business, but there are so many authorities out there. I am sure there are so many that say, here are the steps you need to start an entrepreneurial venture and we can guarantee this many clients and blah, blah, blah. How do you differentiate what you would put up on this platform? Because everybody claims to be an authority. Well, just like YouTube. So first of all, by the way, this is uh, we're partnered with this with Grant Cardone as a partner of ours. So we got the the incubator, the ten thousand tech company incubator that we're going for. We partnered up with Grant Cardone to just expedite this and get into the ten x ecosystem with it, and it's just been a wild ride. But the way this is, just like YouTube, people can go upload videos, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to control the QC at first because we're getting our first one hundred founding members in the system. We're mm-hmm. working with them to build their blueprint and making sure there's credibility there. And then we're going to put those up first. We're going to drive traffic to those. We're going to spotlight those first 100 founding members. And then from there, we're going to go after people like the New York Times bestselling list for nonfiction books. All of them need a blueprint. All the speakers and coaches that we know of, all of them need a blueprint. And we're going to be doing that. And then when people come in, we can always say, hey, this doesn't work. Like, And we'll part mutual or, or help them elevate their game. So I understand the concern, but there's also once it gets going and we get millions of people into the uh, platform, there's going to be a rating system. So people can rate the blueprints that they buy and uh, people will be able to judge that. And then the people that have bad blueprints, they'll have to go back to the drawing board or they're going to have to just not be in the platform. Okay. So I'm intrigued. I'm going to be definitely checking that out because I have a blueprint and I think mine is pretty good when it comes to the CEO's compass, your guide to get back on track. There is a seven point assessment and I believe I have the steps that can get a CEO back on track. So enough with my pitch, but I want to bring it home for you because you are very diverse. You are inspiring when you speak. I know the book is absolutely amazing and people are going to want to connect with you again, just to learn and read your content be inspired, and perhaps engage with some of your services or products. Any last closing thoughts for people to move on and live their greatest potential and how best can they connect with you and your services? Yeah. So the website, let me give the website to Blueprinted. It's blooprinted.com forward slash VIP. Blueprinted.com forward slash VIP. And if you go to that website, you can sign up to be one of the first founding members, there is an investment of 2,400 bucks because we have a specialist that actually works with you to build the blueprint for you. And then also it includes a whole year access to the platform and us spotlighting you throughout the 10X community and the rest of our database. So that's probably the best way to go. And then if anybody Googles my name, Mike Searock, anywhere, you'll find me all over the place. How did we arrive at C-Rock? I don't know that backstory. Well, my last name is difficult, like the conversation we had when we first got on the Zoom. And so my friends started calling me C-Rock and I just, I just went with it. So, All right. Well, you are full of so much energy. I am grateful for the introduction. You've got great content. What you say, what other people can put to practice to really achieve their fullest potential is truly amazing. I do thank wish you. you amazing success with Blueprinted. And thank you so much for being a great guest. Great job, Deborah. by the way. I love this interview and I'm very thankful to be here. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, The CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership navigate rapid transformation and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's compass assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. 
You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.